0: Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McEvoy Supervalue GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we've got a jam-packed show. It's great to have busy, busy shows coming up because we have um, Paul Fitzpatrick joining us as always, the sports editor of the Anglo Celt. We'll hear from the Cavan Minor manager Gary Farley ahead of their first outing in the Ulster Championship for 2021 where to take on Fermanagh tomorrow night we'll also be looking back on the Laurie Maher semi-final and we'll hear from the Cavan Horland manager Oli Bellew um, stars goalkeeper Darren uh, bomber shorten and Sean Keaton um, in post-match and uh, we'll be looking back over that, that thoroughly exciting game um, we'll start off I suppose Paul with with the with the minors they're out tomorrow night. Um, and earlier on, I caught up with the Cavan minor manager Gary Farley. So, I'm delighted to be joined by the Cavan minor football manager Gary Farley ahead of the quarterfinal of the Ulster Minor Football Championship on Wednesday night in Kingston Breathney. It's Cavan playing host to Fermanagh, Gary. Um, year three of your management of the county minors, year two was very different to year one. And now year three is very different to year two and to year one. It's been, I suppose, a difficult build-up with, with no league or anything. How has preparations gone?
2: Yeah, it's gone well. Look, I suppose this year, uh, the third year, has probably been the one that stepped so much, whereas you only had one, you're only looking towards uh, a fourth round. Where Usually last year we, we actually did get one round of an Ulster league in. Um, so you know, it, it gives us a little bit of an indication of where we're at, and a little bit of knowledge of the other teams with them playing as well. So this year is just straight into championship. Um, we don't know enough a lot about any of the other teams. Um, there's a couple of games on tomorrow night. So um, look, that's it. We're, we're, we're I suppose the way the thing is. We're glad to be even getting a game, and hopefully we get a couple.
0: And uh, within that, then as you say, ordinarily, like your your first year, you would have had. Three, four league games, um, a number of challenge matches, a number of months to get everything right. How difficult has it been this year then compared to year one?
2: Ah, it's massive. Like year one, you're probably getting eight months with the guys this year. I suppose, you know, the world on the streets back in, in in February, March, April was um, it looked like a, a championship that was probably going to happen at the end of the year. Um, and then they came out a fixture of a Monday morning that we were playing in in, 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 in the day tomorrow. Um, and, oh. you know, you were probably just getting eight weeks notice to a, a, a knockout game. So um, it left Everton quite rushed. Um, you know, you didn't have time to trawl the county to run a load of trials. You know, you needed to get going straight away. Um, we've been as fair as we can and we got a couple of trials and got a few guys in to the, the club league. So... Look, I think we have, I think we have the majority of the, the the top players in the county. Did we miss one or two? Look, hindsight will probably always tell you you did, but you know, at the moment, I do think we, we're pretty much there with as best panel as available to us.
0: Looking at, I suppose you, while you lost the vast majority of the players who who were very unlucky against Monaghan in the, the Ulster quarter final last year, um, there, there was a few players still on the rage. how are they shaping up for you?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, we have we have five or six that was there last year. Look, it's always we always find um, at this age level. It's you're always best bringing along that five, six, seven, eight lads that has a second year. Um, it just it just brings them along and it breeds confidence in them and it gets a bit of you know it gives them a bit of jumps back start for the following year. So yeah, them guys are leaders now and and, and they've been around for for for, for the, that extra period of time. So. Yeah, it, it was it was a bit of a jump start to you when you were starting off with with seven or eight guys that you knew quite pretty well. You know what I mean? It was a good help, but it's a good help to the other guys. You know, they're more mature now Them guys that's been round and they know they're one of the things. So it was a good help. Yeah.
0: Do you know much about your opponents from Mana? They've made huge strides in the last few years. They ran Monaghan very close in last year's minor semi final, which was only played this year. But um, there you can see under Sean Doherty, somebody that Kevin. Uh, people would be well familiar of as GDM down there. They're making huge progress in Fermanagh and they're no longer the soft touch that they used to be.
2: No, that's right. Um, no, don't know um, an awful lot about them. You know, they have played a couple of challenges. You know, we kept an eye out, found out what we could about them. But obviously, I suppose where they where they have um, a bit, little bit of an edge to other teams is is, is that's been involved in last year's. Um, you know, final, they probably got an extra bit of training into some of the group, you know, I know they had four or five guys on that team or on that panel, so they were probably back training before a lot of the other country kind of teams with that with that running ahead a couple of weeks ago, you know, so that's probably a little bit of an edge for them, um, that'll help them, but um, as knowing much about them, we know a little bit, but no, we, there wasn't any major competitive games to be watching, so look, there's challenge games, we've played five challenge games ourselves, you know, we're missing players here and there. Trying lads out through them, so there wouldn't be really a true reflection. So, I wouldn't be just getting carried away with any of the challenges to play. Look, we go out tomorrow night, and and we try and focus on ourselves and getting the best performance we can. And I think if we do that, and hit a home game, you know, it should it, it, it should it should get us it should get get us very close, and hopefully get us across the line.
0: What do you see are the are the strengths in your team at the moment?
2: Um, the strengths in the team, there are. I feel we have a good group um, you know there seems to be a nice tightness within the group uh, to know each other to get on well you know that's sometimes a barrier that you're trying to break down quite a bit with this age group but this year from the get-go you know they seem to be a very accepting bunch to each other um, so that's always a strength we also have a nice bit of pace around the place as well which is good
0: pace is something that's I suppose invaluable you, you, you can coach a lot of things but you can't coach pace so and then the the fact that it's been played at the peak of summer and um, that pace should be a, a real advantage
2: yeah it, it should and look you know in in trial games or in in challenge games or, or one thing that always gets the guy nervous is his pace you know I found mm-hmm. that over over the last couple of years so um, yeah, we filled with a few guys uh, with that excellent bit of pace. So hopefully we get a chance to, to, to put our best foot forward and go ahead tomorrow evening and everyone will, 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 will play their best part.
0: Yeah, well, fingers crossed and, and, and the very best of luck. Looking forward to, to heading into it. I know it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, an exciting game, of no doubt, as under-17s tends to be because it's, uh, it, it's, it's players with very little fear. And, you know, they, they generally go out to try to really put themselves in the front foot.
2: Yeah, well, that's the, the whole target with that group is that you kind of try and take away any barriers there that might hold them back and, and, and prevent them from performing. And really, that's the, the best job we can do tomorrow evening is stick back everything for them and that they're able to go out and just go out. And, and, and you know, they say, you know, you know, just, I suppose all the skills that they have and show that they can just put them in to that game tomorrow night and they'd be on see you know, on, for everyone to see. Um that's 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 our biggest job, and if we can do that tomorrow night, let them out. Then I don't think we'll have any complaints to the management. Mm. Well, look, very best of luck, Gary. Thanks very much. Thank you, Damien. Okay, cheers.
0: I suppose more more than most, I can I can uh, almost em- empathize with um, Gary's l- lack of time and preparation, and it's it's stark. You think year one he was saying well we had eight months to prepare, and now we've probably eight weeks. And it, 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 it like there's there's no comparison in the amount of development that's that you're capable of doing in eight months or eight weeks.
3: Yeah, especially with young fellas that age, like um, you know, they'd be just sponges and they'd be soaking up everything. And I'd say see massive improvement in the young fellas at that age over the course of eight months. So like, knowing Gary, like he's probably keeping a, lit, a lid on it there in the interview as well. Like he wouldn't be one for for getting carried away, and he'd be very very cool and mm. calm and collected, and he wouldn't be blowing up. His team or anything like that, but um, I suppose it is pretty stark what he's saying there. Like, um, you know, they didn't have a chance to draw the county for players, which is one thing. So, what we might see, if you weren't watching out for this down the line, you might see a lot of new faces coming into that squad at under twenty level that missed out that ordinarily might have got in if they had their ordinary six or eight months to prepare for it. And um, but he, but he seems to be confident that he's got most of the best players available to him, mm. and I'm sure he has. So. But there's a lot of unknowns. There always is unknowns in minor football, particularly when we're back to under-17 and particularly now when when you've had no ulcer minor league, you're just basing kind of on on hearsay and maybe challenge matches, what you can pick up and maybe some schools results in the last couple of years, things like that.
0: And even further back, these guys got no under-16 development. So, essentially, they don't, there was no Bunkrana Cup last year. There, there was no opportunity for them to play a match last year as an under-16 squad. Um, so, you know, it, it's more unknown than any team that has ever gone out to represent Cavan for the first time in a, in a minor championship. And the same across the entire um, country, essentially. But, um, you know, this it, it will be really interesting just to see the standard. This is where I'm curious, and, and not just on tomorrow night's game between Cavan and Fermanagh, but the standard across the board. Are players at under-17 this year compared to players at under-17, even last year and then the year before, have they suffered as a result of this pandemic in terms of their development?
3: Yeah, well, as a, I always make the distinction between the pandemic and between the lockdown restrictions, uh, they probably suffered as a result of the lockdown restrictions. They're highly unlikely to have suffered as a result of the pandemic, but uh, is it not it, one in the same? It's not. It's not. We're not <laughs> getting into that. Um, yeah, that's, it's it's a good one. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see, and it'll be almost impossible to gauge it. Like, in fairness, it'll be very difficult to, to gauge it. But um, it's a tough position that Gary Farley and his management team find themselves in now because a home draw against Fermanagh, with all due respect, over the years in minor and under twenty one football you'd always like to get it because they, they haven't got a great record um, particularly in the last 10 years but they're resurgent now you see so they're, they're very dangerous mm. now because they're doing well at schools level and you touched on that in the interview there they're doing well um, generally Like and, and this team has been together like you know the, the chances are a bit are longer a bit longer maybe they've done an extra bit of training there because they were able to get together for last year's under 20 panel to, to finish out the Ulster minor championship of this year a few weeks ago so uh, that definitely is it gives them advantage. Home advantage is a big thing for Calvin, obviously, but yeah, I wouldn't like to call this game. Who knows? It's always hard to call a minor mm. game anyway, but particularly this one, it's just a complete lottery.
0: It's going to be very, very different because last year's minor team under Gary was, as he touched on, they're physically very strong. A lot of big, big men available to him. And then this year, he's um he doesn't have the same physicality avail- available to him, um, but there may be a trade-off in that in terms of mobility. So it'll just be interesting to see, um, you know, is it are Cavan able to work one way then the other? Essentially, last year physically they were right up against the again right up with Monaghan in terms of they really should have won that game. Monaghan were very close to beating Derry, who went on to win the All Ireland. I know we always make these these links in Cavan, but essentially Cavan weren't a million miles away last year at minor level um, from the best in the country. I'd like to beat Tyrone in in a in in a, in a the only League game, but this year it seems to be very different. That it's a smaller, more nimble sort of a team. A big loss to them I'm hearing though is is that um, Kevin Lovett is is unavailable. Anybody who would have watched St Pat's win a Dalton Cup. I think they might have won the corner in Oak as well with him playing. Um, He's he's going to be a massive loss to them, I'd imagine.
3: Yeah, that's unfar- I didn't know that. That's unfortunate because I wouldn't have a huge knowledge of players at that age um, because I didn't get to see any under-16s last year or, and I actually missed the minor game last year, which is amazing. I missed so much by missing that. Because the minors really only had two games last year uh, yeah. and it just so happened I didn't get to the the one the first game against their and I didn't get to the championship game. I feel like I missed a full year's word of football there. I don't know really any of those young lads. A lot of them were into your under-20s and my first time seeing them was when they played for the under-20s. Uh, so I can't say too much about the, the personnel. I know a couple of them are right. Kevin Lovett is a player that I do know and he's very good along with Dara's, his, his cousin. like One's yeah. a half-back or midfield and the other's are, uh inside forward as far as I know. That's
0: a- Kevin Kevin is the halfback back midfielder. Yeah, yeah, and he's uh, quite, Dara he's Lovett is, is the sharpshooter on the inside. Um a lot of scores will come from him. Other players, and again, because there was no under 16 county football last year, my knowledge of of what's going to be talking out tomorrow night is very, very limited. Um, my understanding will be Dara Madden, a younger brother of Keen and, and Tiernan Madden's will be um will be on the team as well. Um Owen Harton is another player to to look out for. Um that's a son of Fergal Harton's from Gauna. Um Favar she who would be a player that that you 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 might be familiar with with Saint Pat's, very pacey, gutsy, determined young fella, Um Key and McGovern from Killing Care, Son of Martin McGovern would be another key player there as well. Um, just yeah. trying to think. I know of, Matt, Matthew
3: Smith and Oliver McChrystal from Ramorran. Right? I don't know. If there's, yes, there's, there's probably other Rammer lads I just know the two fellas as it happens, but um, they'd still have another year, so I don't know will, will they be on the team. So there's a lot of guesswork involved, anyway. so we, mm-hmm. we, there's probably no point speculating too much about the team, but interesting yeah. that that you yourself and Gary were talking about the pace in the team, because I just read a great article by Colin Keys, and he was talking about the pace of Shane Walsh last Sunday for Galway, and he says that you know, pace has never been more important. This is something we've been talking about lately as well, but pace has never been more important in the game than it is at the minute. He said, it's got to be so important that it's nearly more, um, you don't notice the pace. You notice when a player doesn't have pace. Because at county level now, every player has that pace or, or they're gone. They're not, They're going to be found out fairly quickly. So that's hmm. that's a really interesting way of putting it. But he talked about, in the article, he talked about the work that Mayor are, are doing on the underage level. And they're putting a massive onus on physical development and athletic development. And if you look at it, you know, they have brought through a whole new team almost. Uh, and really have never, I've never had any period of transition. Like they're into their tenth All Ireland semi final in eleven years, but practically a new team there. Like obviously, Killian O'Connor mm. is injured at the minute, but loads of those players like Donny Vaughan, Colin Boyle, Shamie O'Shea, um, Rakes of them that were there all, all through the years. In
0: mourn. In Mourne, and
3: Jer- Andy, Jer- Jer- Andy Moore and Caffrey. Yeah, uh, you know Conroy corner forward uh, loads of those players are gone but the, it's been an absolute seamless transition and Colin puts that down to the, the work that's going on at underage level that they're bringing through these athletes with pace and power mm. and it's it's interesting because even though the, they might not necessarily be winning everything underage level in, in Connacht like Galway are doing well or Scommon are doing well we all bringing through these these really powerful uh, physical athletes and uh, essentially working for them anyway
0: mm, it'll, be, it'll just be interesting to see the the, the point being made though that that Shane Walsh, you know, his pace in it, he burned a good few of the Mayo players. Like he has another gear of pace. And and I, I I feel I feel almost like I'm cheating, um, talking about pace and not mentioning Michael Hannon, who just loves pace. You know, he's he's um he he was the first one to to really just hone in on on how important pace is, I think in fairness to him. But um 100% right literally at county senior level now you cannot do without pace unfortunately and it's it's something yeah. that, that it'll be just interesting to see now Um, Gary mentioned there that that there is pace in this Cavan team so can that be used to the advantage because I, I definitely noticed that on the 20 games the teams with pace are the teams that are that have made it through two or one provincial titles so far
3: well, especially when it's played at this time of year like there's players on the cabin senior panel that aren't fast enough for that level at the minute and like there's no it's mm. just it's just not going to happen for them in championship football really really and truly it's not and uh, yeah. pace is a thing that you can improve but as Mickey Hannan always says uh, you know you, you can't you can, you can improve your pace but you can't turn a really slow player into a really fast player that just can't be done it's a mm. genetic thing yeah. so um, yeah it's interesting like I was actually thinking about this earlier on should Calvin be looking at bringing in absolute flyers and turning them into county footballers and then I thought well maybe we tried that before I can, can think of a few individuals who were brought in and it didn't always mm-hmm. work out so it, it's it's a tricky one it's a hard one to know but it probably needs to be starting at development squad level really
0: yeah, I, 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 I think that, again, look, at, we're, we're going slightly off topic on it, but I think you need to identify young the opportunities to develop players. So a 14-year-old that is touching six foot, you know the chances are he's going to be six foot four or six foot three anyway, um, and therefore he's, he's going to be big. So can we develop the other aspects of the game that can make him a really good top inter-county footballer and uh, an absolute speedster at 14 is going to more than likely have enough pace to go on so can we develop the other aspects of his game so um, I think that they're, they're important parts that, that maybe talent identification as young as 14 is something that, that we should be looking at and then trying to develop um, to fill the gaps that, we, that that are coming or that are already there at county senior level, you know, um, it's some it's something that definitely look at you, you'd like you'd like to see a plan or something in place to to try and target that anyway. But um, yeah, anyway, the very best of luck to the minors tomorrow night. Um, there will be live commentary on Shannon side Northern Sound, and I think the game has been streamed on Park TV again. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be available for everybody to to get watching and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.brady'sarva.ie for more details. Moving on to De Horland and Paul, before we, we hear from Ollie, Matthew, and, and um, or sorry, Oli Darren, and, and Sean, tell me how much you enjoyed Saturday.
3: Oh, geez, it was brilliant, Damien. I was absolutely buzzing <laughs> after it, I have to say, because. <laughs> It was one of those games that was so close all the way. It had everything, this this game. It was literally point for point. It would, it would remind you of the Ulster final in ninety-seven where it was like 1-all, 2 It It actually went 1-all, 3-1. Then it was like 3-all, 4-all, 8-all. All the way. There was never more than a point or two in it. Cavan actually eventually pulled 2-clear, but uh, Loud then pulled 4-clear without getting a goal. And a couple of times during the games. People ask me, "What do you think he said, well, is what was this going to go?" Because it's one of those games. It was it was just on the knife edge the whole way, and I like think I said to you at halftime, "A goal is probably going to decide it." Now, as a turnover a goal didn't technically decide it, but the goal was the was the key score in it because Kevin yeah. at that stage, Kevin needed. It. Once they got the goal, then Kevin the confidence surged, and they they tacked on a couple of great points at the end. But they came from four down in the closing stages. That it was unbelievable the heart that they showed. And in the, in the conditions that, that were in it on the day, it was, it was just absolutely phenomenal. It was just a magnificent achievement by them uh, to to win that game. Uh, it was just absolutely uh, uh, top class, outstanding, really, really enjoyable. And it would give you a great bit of pride as a Cav man to, to see a Cav team doing that.
0: Yeah, wouldn't it? Like, I, I, And I think that that's... I had a few people who listened to the podcast and were saying to me that, look, you're, you're exaggerating this Cav team and their passion and, and, you know, you're making it sound better than it, than it actually is, but it truly is a thoroughly enjoyable experience to watch them play because number one, they're competitive. The games are tight They're you know, they're, they're, they're not being hammered or hammering a team, but num that, that, that actually should be the number two. The number one is that they literally will die with their boots on every ball. It's not just, in the last five minutes, they lift up their their intensity and they go another gear. Even when the opposition's having a purple patch, you, you're not saying, oh, no, he just didn't go for that ball. You never say that about the Cavendhorters. They literally go for everything. And I suppose, look, a great opportunity to bring in and hear from, like, I'm going to call him the bravest man in the county, the hardest man in the county, because I would not do what Darren Shorten does, but let's hear from him after the game joined by Darren Shorten can i call you bomber when, even though we're going to be on radio with yeah, this yeah, a, can you coach? bomber unbelievable you're in the lorry Maher cup final how are you feeling oh,
4: i i can't put into words i'm a long time player with Kevin holland oh. right now and this is just, I'm so proud of the lads today. I'm a, I can't, I can't talk now. Be honest and truthful. I'm just as happy.
0: It's unreal. It's an unreal feeling. Like all the work, and and it has been a lot of work over the last five years in particular. And now you're getting rewarded. Yeah, long old
4: slog. Even at the start of the year, lads training on their own, keeping it going, keeping fit. Every lad came in fit. It was great. We knew, we knew this year was, there was something special about this year that we were going to go
0: a good distance this year. Take us back to three minutes or a minute and a half actually to go loud coming through it was a goal chance what, what do you remember of that?
4: Uh, I don't remember the whole pile I just remember the ball flying at me and just thinking to myself I have to put a head I have to put a stick I have to put something in front of this this is not going in one way or the other and I know if I stop it the boys will get it out mm. like it's just you have to do it,
0: and got it out. Send it out to the to the middle of the field. Yeah. Then, and, and Sean Keaton with a wonderful score to, to 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 put the icing on the cake. Yeah, some man, some man to take a point. So it's unreal. So look at you're you're playing now for Manna. Is is it going to be hard to come back down there? Ah, look at
4: it. Probably will. We'll take a week. We'll recover. We'll go again next week. We'll get ready for for Manor. We'll. Uh, we we'll work hard, we'll get it, we'll get that. Good rivalry, so there be.
0: Be the whole lot. It's always very close between yourselves and Fermanagh, you know, so there's there's gonna be very little between the sides again, no doubt.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's always a it's always a tough match. It'll always be in a couple of points either way. But hopefully now we we'll come out on top. Can I
0: say and ask you, did you think that this would happen? Did you end up in a Laurie
4: Maher Cup final? Yeah, Ollie had us pretty confident all year. Like we have a good management team. We have John, Oli, Tom, Garrett, Bricky they are everyone. Like you surround your
0: people, people, you surround yourself with good people. You'll you get rewards. Yeah. Like you know, like Paul. Let's be fair about it. He's reckless. He's absolutely reckless with his own safety. The way he plays and goals for Calvin he he has no fear and no worry about his own body getting hurt in any way.
3: Yeah, look I wouldn't I wouldn't have balls to stand <laughs> goals in a order match. <laughs> no straight way. up. Straight up. I'm telling you that right now. No <laughs> way. But uh, he does it and he made a brilliant save at the end of the game, which was which was arguably the winning of the game because Loud were really pressing and at the expense of a point he managed to to get a stick to a turn it over. I did an interview with Colum Shannon last night and he picked him out. He says I was asking him where did you did Cabin muster up this comeback from? And he was kind of saying, well, look, we've got a few players there that, that are just so rock solid. He said, uh, the bomber on goals. He says, he's been the best goalkeeper in the Laurie Mar for the last five years. And he said, mm-hmm. that gives you great confidence. And he picked out a few other players around the pitch that gives the other players confidence. F- phenomenal. like, And he was wearing a, a, a grin as wide as Breffney Park when he was leaving. It. And like, well-deserved, too, because he's soldiered a long time there. Yeah. All the Sheridans from Mullahorn, great of men. And they have soldiered a long time. Like, and this is a good reward for them.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, definitely. I have to say, and, and and just delighted, delighted for him. But again, like that, like his shot stopping is is vital. But I think it was one of the last uh, puckouts, or maybe it was a free that was on the twenty meter line for, as in the cabin twenty meter line. But the distance he can he can poke a ball is just phenomenal. Like he got it way up into the far twenty meter line, or very close to it. With, with, with the longest strike. And that's that's a huge asset in terms of relieving pressure and not putting your, your defence under pressure. There's at least three lines that the opposition are going to have to get through after each puck out if they do manage to win the ball.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was watching that. The funny thing was he didn't go short very often. And you watch Horland on TV and there's a lot of short puck outs now, but he wasn't going short very often. He was utilising utilizing the long puck out. Um, and I liked the way Cavan were playing, like that Sean Keating on the edge of the square, and especially the first fifteen minutes, they were just blasting the ball into Keating, and it was spectacular stuff. It was real manly yeah. stuff, or it was just an old old fashioned battle. Now, Loud brought back a sweeper, and that kind of cut off the supply to him a bit. So he started the game brilliantly, and he finished it brilliantly. And in the middle part of it, he was probably they weren't able to get the ball to him. But he some of the, some of his catches were brilliant. Like just putting the hand up, and it's like Jesus Christ, he's coming down with this one, and he was throwing and going for goal. Like it was brilliant. And like, let's be honest here. Over the years, there was a lot of sneering at Calvin Horland, and I would have been guilty of that as well. Definitely, um, mm-hmm. sort of being a bit condescending about it. Like, and I shouldn't have been doing that, coming from a handball background. But, I, but there was a yeah, time
0: when it was justified.
3: There probably, yeah, there probably was. Like, there probably was. To be fair, like there was a time. Like, and I know that. When the team first came back, uh, it wasn't being taken as seriously as it should should have been. Like I remember hearing about... even Bell, you touched on it when I interviewed him last night. He said their first training session, I think it was 15, showed up and only 12 were fit to train or maybe 10 were fit to train and they didn't know what they got themselves in for. So there was a bit of that too. It was just a culture that needed change. And then we see that probably in football clubs as well. Like sometimes you just get... It's, you literally get oppressed and you're sort of beaten down by the whole thing. But they just needed a spark and that, that can turn into a blaze. And that's what has happened. Like, and I never remember... Like I'm 13 years in the South and, and a long time before that going around matches and stuff like that. and I never remember a buzz around Horland and Cavan like this before. Like, there was a lot of people talking about it. And it's not patronising stuff. Because no. you're looking through the you're looking through the team sheet and you're like, well, Jesus, there's lads there from Kula. They're not messing around. They're, those boys aren't coming down from an all-Ireland-winning club team to piss about here. Like, They're serious players and they're serious about the hurling and there, there's lads here that are playing senior club football and people know they're good footballers and they're they're good athletes so there's no messing around and there's fella, the fellas that are there that have been keeping the hurling going for years they're all there as well and you've got a, a good management team like with an Antriman and a man and a few local fellas there so like this is a proper setup and you know it's just great to see it I'm just delighted to see
0: it. Yeah well let's, let's hear from the I, I, I'm i giving him man of the match uh, Sean Keating. I spoke to him after the game Delighted to be joined by Sean Keaton I don't know was, I there an of, was, was, there, was there an official man of the match I'm giving you man
5: of the match An outstanding performance How are you feeling? Tired Tired But um, geez, we pulled through there Like In the end like It was very composed at the end I know they pulled away It was all about settling down Like and I remember last year The same crack happened And they just got the win But you could see it all over the field Rippling through there We just calmed down and just pulled away in the end, and you can see the outpouring of motion at the end there, it was just unreal.
0: They go four points up with, with six, seven minutes to go in the game. What was different this year to last
5: year? I suppose last year, breaks was probably went for us this year. Like, you know, last year we had chances as well, even today we had chances probably to pull away more, but I found it was just settled heads. Like, under there, full forward, Matty, you can ripple it all back, and it's just about, you know, getting us into order and it worked in the end, and just getting the crow partner playing for Manor, unreal us the
0: very start of the game obviously tactically stuck you in it full forward, pepper you with balls, it was sticking, it was, it was like a magnet to you. How how unlucky were you not to get a goal in the first couple of minutes?
5: Yeah, yeah, I suppose I took two twice with the kick and I just went over the bar, but look at them things come. I remember the leeching game in the league as well and Gunn was great for that, like you just calm it down, there's a goal gonna come and look at maybe it's confidence in that way, but we got it in the end, and there's no point panicking. That was the way we saw it in the end and Worked out. So you hit
0: five points or five or six on the day. I'm not 100% sure what it, what it finished with, but the, the final
5: one at the end. You know,
0: you're three points up, but there was still it needed to be scored to make sure it was a two score game. Talk us through that you gather in possession. You could,
5: feel it, you could feel it in here in the middle, and the ball was just laid off, and Could just laid off. Lovely ball just swung, hit it. Lucky it went over. Some days they're old, some days they do. Gets from Anna, they didn't. There today, they you even see Keneally coming on there, tipping one over, and just at the end there, it seemed everything was going over. And what a feeling at the end, like do you know. So what's it gonna be like to wear the blue of Cav and running out from the Hogan stand into into Crow Park? Yeah, it probably hasn't hit yet, do you know what I mean? For the last we've been, I suppose since it was 18, 17, 18 this this is a, this is from all back then, you know, there's five years of work there. Five years of work with a heartache, probably the last two years not getting to the final ifs, buts, maybe's stand up today and we got in it. It's unreal.
0: Some buzz some <laughs> buzz it's impossible to not listen to him talking and Darren before him and, and see and hear what it meant to those lads, because, you know, five years ago, six years ago now, there was no team in Cavan. They came back together. They, you know, they, they started the work, but it was, it was coming from a very low base and gradually they've got better and better and more competitive. And now they're one step away from achieving something great And, you know, and and you can tell it from Sean Keaton. But what I loved about Sean, in fairness to him, was, like you said earlier on, first 15 minutes, he was very unlucky. As he said there, he should have had a a goal, at least a goal, uh, maybe two in the first 15 minutes. And then they doubled up on him. He stayed in there. He kept, he, he probably, the easier thing for him to do at that stage would have been to come out the field, looking for ball, get away from the sweeper but he was willing to keep the second player engaged to give Cavan the extra body out around the middle of the field. And that was one that he kind of took for the team, which may go unnoticed in a lot of situations. But then when Calvin did make the twist and bring him out for the last 15 minutes, he had the ability to hit two massive long range points that were, that were crucial, you know? So it was a, I, 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 such a mature performance by Sean Keaton there. and And, I've seen glimpses of it in the past, but that's as complete a performance as I've ever seen from Sean Keaton.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. I thought if you if you were picking out, you know, one of the homegrown cabin players there that you could say, or, that fellow could go down and play club or in Kilkenny or whatever, he'd be the one. Like, and it might take him a little bit of time to get up to scratch because the standard in these counties is is crazy. But you know, I think the likes of him would slot in no problem. And there's others as well. And again, Colin Shannon touched on that last night. He was saying to me that uh, when he when he came down to Cavan, he said originally initially he said there was a bit of arrogance there on his part and the part of the cooler fellas. He he openly admitted that. He said we thought we'd come down, it'd be nice and easy. We'd get a few nice days out there in the Cavan. And uh, he said, you know, we'd dominate games and that would be it, and it'd be nearly an ego trip. He said but they had their eyes open straight away. And he was saying that early on he kind of thought he had to do everything, and then he realized there's there's class holders around there, genuinely class holders, he says, who'd slot in anywhere. You're talking about the likes of the, the Carney lads. Sean Keaton, players like that, that are just—he said the better finishers than he than he'll ever be—and he's he's a high caliber hurler, as is his his brother Killian and uh, and Brian Fitzgerald as well. So no, I I I like Keaton because he's spectacular, and like you know, you see someone putting the hand up, coming down with the ball torn and going for goal, like, and he's he's a strong fella. He's throwing everything he has at it. At one stage, he was he couldn't get swinging the hurley and he ended up swinging the boot at it. Like it was just like. <laughs> I'm not stopping here. You've Matty Hines Andy, in the middle know. of the field has that attitude as well, like as you would know from coaching him in football, like just just a warrior. And he, when I interviewed him last night, we'll hear these later in the week, but he was touching on that. He was like, he was telling me he quit playing soccer when he was 15 because it we're was giving just away
0: all start. the all all the tricks that were thrown out on the, the <laughs> diehards podcast later in the week at the preview show. But um, yeah. yeah, Matty Matty, Matty outstanding. And we will we'll hear from Matty Hines. Um, we'll hear from. Who was the other one that you you got? Oh yeah, Callum and Callum Shannon and Ollie Bellew in the preview show over in the Die Hard service later on in the week. But after the game, I caught up with the Cavan manager, Ollie Bellew. Very, very happy with uh, with with his day's work. Ollie Bell, you're joining me on the pitch here in Kingspan Breffni? You brought the boys to the Laurie Maher Cup final, and you didn't just do it in ordinary style. You done it, it absolute drama. Well done, but how are you feeling?
1: <laughs> ah, jeez, it's it's not about me. Like I mean, it's about them boys out there. And when you see the amount of emotion and, and faces, and like their supporters coming up there in absolute floods of tears. And Jesus, we're all like Tom's barely holding it together, and I I I lost it too. Like you know, it's just. Absolutely amazing, but for those lads, like it's just been—they, they, uh, we know they never know when they're beaten. They, do, they don't know how to lose now, and that's just unbelievable. The spirit and the heart they showed—we had you and I had the same conversation against after the Fermanagh game. It's just—it's unbelievable. But look, the important thing is. We have another couple of training sessions to go. We have one more match to go and we're not stopping until they're done. Talk to me, 27 minutes on the clock. Louder after
0: hitting five points in a row. You go from one point up to four points down. And I remember I said on on, on the commentary that the one thing about these boys is they don't give in. Was there any worry in
1: your head that the that the guys would come back? Louder are brilliant side. Like louder class and their management. Paul McCormick and, and all the McCormick boys, for that matter, from a great club and... Very, very proud Hurling people, and, and Paul's a fantastic manager, had them set up well. He knew what to do to stop us scoring, but there's something about our team. They they want this more than any team I've ever known, wanting a championship. They want this more than anything. They want people to stand up and, and recognise Cabin for what we are now, um, as a Hurling County. And I just knew there'd be a kick from us. Once it got to five points, I worried it would be a big enough kick. Um, but, listen, we, we never know when we're beat.
0: Talk to me about your. You started with Sean Keaton in, in the full forward line, and it scared the life out of them. A couple of early balls in, and obviously, clearly set up as as a tactic.
1: Unlucky, maybe not to get a goal in the first two or three attacks. think we're lucky enough to get three goals in the first 15 minutes to be honest with you every time Sean got a ball he was dangerous you know but sure look when a team has to commit to maybe a third player to mark one man it's great and that's what Sean brings you know he's an animal but look the next day he could play at right half forward or centre half forward he could play centre half back so versatile big man can move anywhere but we play the system and and we like players that can move around that. but Sean's just he's different gravy you know he's different gravy he's Come back and work the socks off. There, he was out for a couple of weeks and stuff, but straight back in, work my socks off. What a guy! Like, he'd die out there for us before he would give up, you know
0: and then he came out towards the middle of the field towards the end of the game and got that I suppose if there was any question mark over the goal the insurance point was Sean at the end but talk us through the goal did you have a better
1: angle than I did it? it did look just over the line I think there was 40 of us trying to blow it over the line from there <laughs> anyway so one way or the other it was going over the line and Gunnar was in there causing a headache you know and you know it's like with Gunnar you know, referees probably just thought better off not arguing with him you know he'll talk us away into a goal but look he was brilliant today I can't believe what it means that man Um Philip, you know, we knew from during the week that Gunnar would give us a million percent and do all he could. Him and Keating in there together, two dangerous men. Um, didn't really see the goal, but I don't care. Like, it was over the line. The green flag went up. That's all we needed, and we kicked on from there. The rattling other two points after that was brilliant, you know.
0: I know you, you wouldn't have any memories of this, but take it back a number of years back when Cavan were, were, were putting out teams and the conditions here, they tested the conditioning. But the conditioning of those guys was absolutely outstanding.
1: Do you know something? They've done that off their own bat. So that speaks volumes about what type of men they are. They do all their own work, the um, fitness work. Like you think we had to get through COVID. So we could have no team building, we could have no sort of joined up training or pre season training. Tom and John gave them plans for the physical side of things and the stickworship side of things when we were in lockdown. And every one of them did it to a T and it paid off today you know they, they don't get pushed around they don't tire you know you look at the age demographic of some of the boys Dom's out there getting on the years but Gunnar the whole island but sure they're still hanging in there at the last minute you know we're 78 79 minutes into a game and those there are still running about like spring chickens refusing to lie down
0: Can I say one final word on, on, on the players Darren Sheridan, what about his performance?
1: Ah listen Bombers I give a bit of credit to the baby brother. You know, Garth's come along this year and worked with him, and Garth's a fantastic um, goalkeeping coach. But the reality of it is, you have to be a bloody good goalkeeper first before somebody can bring you on another level. Bomber's something else. His confidence, his ability. Like I mean, he's the, he's the start of every attack. You know, his outs are bang on the money. I, we can't speak highly enough about him, and he's a different person this year for having that wee bit of support. And he's got Mick Hill in there as a sub goalkeeper doing great work with him and, and driving him on, you know. So uh, Bomber's just been he's been unbelievable, and even in training that's great fun because if a forward hits away, he's letting them know all about it, so it's, it's good crack to listen to him.
0: you are playing for mana now, uh third time this year, I think. So and and very little between the sides when when you play every single time. So it's about maybe coming down to Earth a wee bit uh, um ahead of the Laurie Maher final.
1: There's no no doubt it about it. Um, This will be the fifth game since we took charge. Um, Two draws, two wins to us, but they've been narrow, tight games. There's been nothing in them. It'll be the exact same again. Um, There'll be nothing in it, to be honest with you. But look, we're not caring about that. There's going to be no talk about going to Croak or anything else. It's training this week um, and next week and then up to, to the game. And We'll just treat it as another match for now. What I consistently like and I've probably said this before a few
0: times about Ollie is that he he's praising the lads all the time. You know, even in defeat he praises the lads. In in victory he praised them against Fermanagh um but praised them in a way that was look at that wasn't a good performance and yet they still won. You know, it's 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 almost like those kind of well I'm 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 not I'm 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 a tough manager but it still was with, with the carrot rather than the stick if you know what I mean
3: yeah well look he's, he's clued in I'm, I'm very impressed with him as well like, um, he, he's got a good personality you can see that, that he, he's the type of lad that that would get on with players Like, he's very clued in there's no spoofing there. Like, he's he's full of respect for Kevin Horne for a start Like, off air yesterday before I started the interview with him I was telling him about uh, we have a couple of mutual friends up there and I was saying I was talking to Paul Graham a fellow I know from he used to actually play Horland for Antrim. And I was talking to Paul Graham, and he, he told me he knows you. And I said, Paul's over at a club up there at the minute. And he says, You know what? I'm so immersed in Calvin Horland at, at the minute in the last few years. He says, I've actually lost track of, of Horland and Antrim. He says, I'm not fully sure who he's over. And <laughs> that, I thought that was just a really impressive thing. And he was just said, as a matter of fact. But I thought, Jesus, he's really, really into this here in Calvin. Like, he is. You know,
0: like after games, after the, the, the victory over for Mana. So I've been at, I've been at all of the the Cavan hurling games this year, and after the, after the victory over Fermanagh, um, you know it, 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 even in a COVID era, he he wasn't just happy or smiling, he was over and giving me a big hug, you know, he was just alive. He was like, oh, what about that? And straight away again, when I got down in the field and I was talking to him, um, after the semi final victory on Saturday night, it was again, it was a big hug. He just there's no question in his passion for cavan Horland and there's no question in his belief that his that he has players good enough to go on and win the lorry Maher. um you know what i love about what i love about him is that he seems to be the type of guy that you just go to hell and back for and you know that's 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 an important quality in a leader i think
3: yeah and the most man that he has there as well like goal man they're basically a, a double act two lads like there They've, they've been involved with teams together I think for a while so they obviously complement each other very well like um, I don't know if it's a good cop bad cop routine but it's, it seems to be a good cop good cop because it, <laughs> they're kind of swaddling the players in positivity and that's probably what you need when you're coming from where, where Gavin Horton is coming from you do need that you need your your esteem needs a boost and they seem to be getting that and they're getting the results whatever way they're doing it it's working for them so it'll be it'll be a good few days now for them um. My only concern would be that something a game like that takes such a, an emotional toll earlier. Like I can guarantee, you that none of those players would have been sleeping much Saturday night because he had been on such a high after it. Um, even with the heat, yeah. and it wouldn't have helped as well. But it would not just physically. Physically, I think they'd be fine in a week. But emotionally, you know, it takes a few days to come down from that. And talking to some of the players, like they were absolutely on a high and they're starting to feel surreal. And I, I hope I really hope that they can come down from it now and realise that they haven't finished the job yet and that they haven't they haven't achieved their goal of actually going to win them because you know it's such a winnable game for them like it's a 50-50 game basically it like is. They've, they've drawn with Fermanagh twice in the last couple of years and they've beaten them twice in close games but Fermanagh are greatly greatly improved so it's a 50-50 game Fermanagh have experience of playing at Crow Park last year so that like that's a big thing as well so I you know, you'd know, be hoping Kevin are going to go in with that same hunger again and forget about anything today and forget that they've achieved anything and just go out and, and play like underdogs. And if you do that, then the, the performance will follow.
0: Just finally looking back on, on the game last week, as I said earlier, we, we, we'll be looking ahead fully to the game later on in the week on the Die Hard Service, but the the goal that was the important score in the end Um do you believe Philip the Gunner bluffed it in the line or bluffed that it was over the line or or or, or is Philip the Gunner an honest sort of a fella that, that well, it
3: was a goal? I think it was a goal because... Orig- so what happened was the high ball came in at the back. Shane Briarty uh, rose up and he was kind of flicked it backwards over his head. A really acrobatic uh, flick with the Horty. He got as far as Brian Fitzgerald in the middle of the field and he didn't panic. He, he had missed a free earlier on. Uh, which he'd usually put over his eyes closed from what I've seen of him but he had come back and got an even harder one then so his confidence was up again he went for the shot from 70 70 odd metres dropped short and it just spilled over the line and you could see the umpire went for the flag and then, then he stopped and went back so he bent down leaned towards the green flag and then stopped and I was thinking Jesus wave the bloody flag with you and then Philip the gunner, councillor Philip Brady I should call him he, was, <laughs> he used all his political skills there he absolutely went to town on them, on the umpires, and uh, you could see him jumping up and down and going mad and pointing out that was a goal, and it worked. And the umpires finally uh, made the right decision and overpowered His ability
0: to negotiate in a difficult situation is proven at this stage. You know his 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 natural instinct to negotiate with with officials, and as Ali said in the interview there. You know, you, you'd nearly just give in to him anyway because he just wouldn't leave you alone until he got it. You know, but again, <laughs> he, Philip, played, he the, played
3: well too. He scored two ah, good points,
0: and as Oli like, and and that's kind of the endearing part of of Oli there He he was saying he had no doubt in the week building up that Philip the Gunner, even though he's probably the oldest player in the country, <laughs> that he was he was going to give a thousand percent. He was going to give absolutely everything and. You know, he did have a big impact in the game.
3: Yeah, well look, he's a, he is a big game player, like he always plays well in the big games and, and Philip will be try uh, relishing now getting the Crow Park. Like he like he'll not mm-hmm. shrink shrink on the big stage there. Like I'd say he, he'll he play his best off. Um and that's what you want in a player, like you want a player yeah. that's going to rise to the challenge. And you know, when you get to a final, he's going to say, "Look, I want to be I want to take center stage here and do well, not not shirk away from it." So, I think there's, I still do think there's a big performance in Calvin. There's, there's definitely more in them. And what, what, like without a doubt, this game is going to be dead close for a long time. But what'll probably happen is one team might get a bit of a run at the end and might win it by a few points because in a lot of averages, there's not always going to be a pocket of ball between them. So I could see it be close for a long time and one team pulling away. So hopefully that will be Cavan, but we'll be talking about it in more depth there on the weekend. Yeah? Without, a doubt, without a doubt.
0: So folks, just to let you know, over on the Die Hard Service, we will be looking back over last weekend's All-County Football League action. We'll be looking ahead to this week's Football League action again in the All-County Football League in Cavan. We'll be, as we said earlier, previewing the Laurie Maher Cup final with interviews from Cavanagh, uh, Ollie Bellew Matthew Hines and, and Colm Shannon and we'll be looking back over a heartbreaking weekend for the ladies with Aideen Coyle where the ladies footballers were beaten by a last minute goal by Monaghan um, putting them into a relegation playoff against Tyrone, and the Camogues were beaten by Limerick um, down in Bruff on Sunday afternoon as well so they have a, a crucial match now in two weeks time where they'll take on down so all of that action over on We Are Cavan um, on sorry, www.patreon.com forward slash we are calvin on the diehard service, which is the best value you can get bar a
3: 99
0: from O'Reilly's in Virginia. I'd say
3: I prefer Skelly's, David. And like, do you? Well, look, I don't, I don't want to go on a big tangent here because I only have another half an hour, but <laughs> any, I'm only living in Virginia eight years, and uh, my friend Paddy says that I'm a blow in and it'll always be a blow in, and he views himself as a blow in because. His grandfather or something didn't even come from Virginia. Something like that. So that's what you're dealing with. But When I moved up here, one of the big things that drew me to Virginia was Eddie Riley's 99s. I'd heard so yeah. much about them. And you know what? I'm disappointed with them. Any of the Virginia listeners let us know. I think Skelly's is better. I really do think Skelly's better.
0: What? Like- bigger? Creamier? So there's one flake?
3: There's, syrup? There's one lady that works in Skelly's and she throws out 99s. I swear to God. You'd want a high roof transit to carry this thing home like it's <laughs> it's it's, act, it's literally it's literally hard work it's like can I get out of this shop without like this 99 collapse on me it's about it's about a foot high but no it's not just the size of them i like i like they're so cold uh i hate an old lukewarm 99 that's what you don't want that sweet sickly prick of oak. you want a good cold 99
0: yeah i'm i'm gonna have to try now i've definitely had an eddie Riley. Ninety nine on a few occasions. That'll be my go to when I'm driving through, and I enjoy them. I have to say, I think they're nice, but I haven't had a Skelly's one, so that's that's me next. I'll do the comparison, um, to see if I agree or disagree with you. But we'll not do it today because the the rain has come out, and and it's a, it's a bit more like normal Irish weather. So look at. Before we wrap up, the very best of luck to the Miners tomorrow night. Um, We'll be looking back over that game and getting reaction as well, probably later in the week. Gosh, we've a lot of work to do. Better get some sleep, Paul.